Overtime with Joe Parker provides a comprehensive look into high school sports in North Atlanta. Tune in each week for prep sports headlines and in-depth discussions with local players and coaches. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Overtime with Joe Parker, and it is a state championship edition as I'm sitting down today with Milton head football coach Adam Clack. Coach Clack, thanks for joining us once again. Absolutely. Uh, great to be back. Feels like just, just yesterday we were here uh, doing the, the season preview. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach, last time we talked, uh, it was just after the uh, state championship, and you know, you kind of said that hadn't really hit you yet that that you guys were state champions now that about a month has gone past, you know, and you've been able to process it, you know, what's the feeling like? Uh, it's, it's still a, obviously a great feeling, um, you know, just to accomplish something like that with so many people, you know, that's what makes football so great. It, it, not only is it the ultimate team game, but, but football in Georgia and the, the level that we play at, it's the ultimate community game. You know, it takes your administration, your booster club, your parents, your players, uh, tremendous staff, school, student body. So it's been great, uh, you know, enjoying that moment with them um, and, uh, you know, going into the holidays and everybody having time to, to really reflect and celebrate together. And um, so it's been good to now get back to work. And, and as I was telling you earlier, just had our had our first meetings with 2019 and starting to look ahead. So You, you talked about the Milton community and, and obviously – as you said, there's just so many players, uh, and I mean that not in a sense of necessarily football players, but so many people that who play into a successful season. You know, can you talk a little bit about kind of the reaction that you've gotten? I know there was the Parade of Champions. You've been with uh, honored by the Fulton uh, Board of Education. You know, can you talk a little bit about that and how you've seen the the community really rally around and celebrate this team? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. It's really hard to put into words, um, and it's what has made it so special. Um, I, you know, winning a state championship anywhere, anytime is going to be special. But to do it in this community and and to see the reaction, to to have people from you know the class of you know nineteen fifty two fifty four come back and and you know just express their you know congratulations and and just how how happy and proud they are of their community um to see the pictures of guys in their letterman's jackets at 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 the game to uh just have people stop you in in town and talk about how they've been following the team and you know and then just just the out outward support that you saw going through the playoffs It's, it's just been been really special and it's it's what you know always thought this community would would be like if if we could really give them that type of product that that gets everybody behind and gets everybody excited so it's been it's been really cool special mm-hmm. with that I mean could you have seen I, I know every team at the outset of the season the goal is always state championship you know that's the ultimate goal but entering this season you had a lot of talent uh, a lot of returners great coaching staff but you know heading into this year did did you believe like we could we could make a run well <clears throat> we we talk about having a shot to have a shot right i mean we don't talk a lot about winning a state championship we don't even talk a lot about winning a, a region championship we we try to not put the the ultimate goal on the result we put it on you know on, on the the elements that we think will get us to that result our keys to victory we call it so 
uh, we, we focus more on those objectives, you know, having great ball security, owning the red zone, uh, you know, not committing foolish penalties, things of that nature. Um, so to answer your question, we, we knew we had enough talent, a, a, a shot to have a shot, like I said, uh, and if, if we could stay healthy and if we could improve, you know, a steady improvement uh, throughout the year, um, we knew we could play with anybody on, on any given night. You know, now if you'd have told me to, you know, betting odds or something like that coming in, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely would would say that we were long shots coming in, and and anybody in their right mind probably would have said that, um, you know, just with with no real track record or something like that. So it was it was a great ride, and and we built confidence as we went, and uh, we got more and more confident, and had more and more belief as as the season went on. So uh, it was just a lot of fun watching the guys grow. Touched on uh, uh, that kind of continual progress uh, in that improving each day. That was a big talking point for uh, your athletic director, Gary Silvestri, uh, and his uh, piece in our special pullout edition of this week's Milton Herald. So for our listeners, be sure to, to check that out. <clears throat> uh, throughout the season, uh, what were, you know, I guess what was that that constant work? You know, have you, did you, were you seeing it pay off as the season progressed, that continually improving each day. Yeah, uh, it's something we're very intentional about. Um, we talk, you know, like a lot of teams, about getting 1% better each day, uh, you know, trying to go four for four within a week. But I think what we have done a good job of is making those connections for the boys in the moment. So if we have a, a – a great week of practice, a great week of prep. I'm going to let them know about it. I'm going to let them know, hey, you, we had a great Monday through Thursday. There's no reason for you to be, um, you know, nervous this Friday. And and then when we come back on Sunday and, and we had a great a great game, we try to make that connection for them. Um, we actually have a 1% board that we, we keep track of as we go through and, and we keep it up in real time, you know, for the most part. You know, I'll go back in, I fill it in uh, pretty much, you know, by the end of each week, you know, if not if not by the end of each day, and and what we started to see is even just pretty good weeks, three out of four days, we would have a quarter, you know, or a quarter and a half where we were off, and it was weird how it would almost correlate <laughs> to the day of the week, you know, and and that's probably more chance and and, and whatever, but messaging is emotional, so if you can grab the kids and and make them kind of see those connections. It doesn't matter if it's, it's chance or not. It, it's it's something that's stuck. And it was just kind of very obvious when we would have four for four weeks. And, you know, Monday through Thursday, we executed. We would have really good ball games. Mm-hmm. And um, we went after the uh, Forsyth Central game. We, we really kind of regrouped. Even though we're winning ball games, we didn't feel like we were playing the way we we're supposed to be playing. Uh, and we made a real commitment to, to really grind out each day and, and see how long we can make that streak go. And it went all the way through the state championship. And it was 33 straight days uh, that we were able to, to have a 1% or better day. So I, I just think that's, that's hats off to, to a group of guys that, that really embodied that relentless effort uh, mantra that we have. You know, it was one of our core values. Along the, the lines of, of improvement, you told me uh, ahead of this season, you know, to kind of gauge – the successes of, of 28-17 season would be this 2018 season to see, you know, if the foundation had been set. Um, you know, obviously uh, it's a state championship year, but you talk a little bit about, you know, that 2017 team and, and how it kind of 
transferred, I guess, into this year. Well, I mean, just back to the the previous kind of comments I was making, that we set that foundation the year before um, as we were kind of up and down and up and down. Um, you know, we really got into that four for four mindset and, and we finished last year on a really good streak. You know, we just happened to come up a little short against a really good uh, Brookwood team. So that senior group, and I, I communicated with them often throughout this year when we had hit some, some big, you know, moments and saying, you know, I hope you guys feel a part of this because it's, these guys are running with the foundation that you built. Um, that group in 2017 really, really embodied that competitive spirit. They, they were never backed down. They were ready to go. They never really flinched. Um, and I wanted to see if this group in 2018 could at least start from there and then get into what I call the, the winning spirit. And what I mean by winning is, is being able to handle success, not necessarily judging it by the scoreboard, but can we have success and then come back and go right back to work, right? Not not working how hard we think we need to work based on the opponent or based on where we think we are, but having a process, outlining it, and going through each day, checking those boxes, no matter who we're lining up against. Um, and that was the growth. That was the step I was hoping we'd take, and and we we most certainly did with with this group. So, you know, twenty nineteen is going to have have a challenge, and 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 we'll we'll really see what the success of 2018 is as, as we go into 2019 and, and hope we keep pushing this thing forward uh, and, and really, uh, you know, embedding the standard of, of what Milton football is going to be all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, obviously from, from that point, uh, the standards have definitely been raised because of a, you know, such a successful season. But, uh, you know, one thing I, I wrote about in that, that special pullout edition of the Milton Herald was how it seemed throughout the year, whenever you guys had an opportunity, you took advantage, you know, whether it was playing on a big stage, whether it was, you know, winning, maybe when not all the bounces went your way and uh, ultimately, you know, came out. Can you talk a little bit about those opportunities such as, you know, the freedom bowl, Corky Kell, um, you know, making the deepest run in the playoffs and, well, I, you know, and we've talked a lot about this too, and, and I go back again to, um, you know, our administration and our support. Um, you know, the alignment between uh, Brian Jones, our principal, and Gary Silvestri, our athletic director, and myself is is tremendous. If if there's something that that they want from me, I'm going to do the best to do it. And if there's something that I need from them, they're going to do their best to make that happen. And then I have an amazing uh booster club and, and, and uh, parental volunteer support. So when we take on something um, to the best of their ability, they'll insulate me from as much as they can so that I can focus on the team and, and insulate my coaches from that who insulate the players. So all they have to do is play football. So when we're going into the Corky Kell or, or the, the Freedom Bowl is maybe the best example, with all those moving pieces – those boys never had to worry about anything but playing ball, and, and our coaches didn't have to worry about really anything but coaching ball. And so I think that helps them um, keep their focus where it should be. Um, the other piece to that is I think we as a group did an unbelievable job of staying in the moment. You know, people wanted to start talking about history. People wanted to start uh, getting charter buses and doing pep rallies and doing all those things. And, and we had a group of guys, a group of coaches, and myself who said, we have work to do. Let's stay in the moment. We can sit around and talk about history over Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that was something that 
is why it seemed like, man, y'all just keep taking advantage of these opportunities. It was just another game. You know, obviously they were, the stakes were bigger, but we wanted it to be as much like another game and just another, you know, 120-yard field, 53 and a third wide with 11 guys on each side. Um, and I think the guys really played that way, you know. And, and there's a lot of excitement and there's a lot of cool things that happened along the way, but I think you definitely saw when, when, when the ball was spotted and, and the whistle blew and they, they played ball, you know, and they focused on what, what they had to do. Mm-hmm. And you certainly had a lot of playmakers uh, this year that, you know, did what they had to do uh, Mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, there's obviously you have a lot of D1 commits, uh, you know, Jordan Yates, your Paul Teo, uh, Joseph Charleston. Can you talk a little bit uh, about those guys and and what they brought to the team this season? Uh, You know, I I think when you look at it on on the grand stage, you know, or Grand stage is probably wrong. When you look at it from the the tier one elite teams, um, we had our top five, you know, four, five, six guys. I think could play with anybody's four, five, six guys, and 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 those guys, I think, and the confidence that they had, you know, from Joe Charleston to uh, Jordan Yates to um, you know. Jordan Davis, they would never back down, and that pulled the rest of the team with them. So, you know, if we were matching up against a team who who maybe had ten to twelve guys signing on on early signing day, where you know maybe they have a little deeper talent than we have, our 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 top guys were able to play with that type of swagger that that really filtered down through the team. So, you know, like I said, you could only put eleven of them out at one time, and I think we did a great job of maximizing. Uh, the the guys that we had, you know, we we squeezed everything we could out of Jordan Yates in that in that state championship game, playing Joe Charleston on, on both sides of the ball. We need to Paul Teo plays twenty snaps on defense, um, so we're we're kind of trying to stretch those five, six, seven guys into ten, eleven, twelve guys. Um, so so without a doubt, you know, and that's that's something that we're going to continue to do. And we have a two position philosophy to to do just that, so that if there are injuries or or, you know, if we are in a key spot in the game, we can get um, what we feel the, the guys on the field who gives our best shot of winning. Mm-hmm. One of those guys that maybe wasn't in the spotlight from the outset of the season, but certainly ended that way uh, was Dylan Leonard, um, who, you know, I think it was the West Forsyth game, uh, caught his first touchdown reception. And then by the end of the season, you know, he's, he's such a go-to target, uh, you know, is he and maybe who are some of the other guys that you saw really step forward this season? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I think it was you and I talking who's going to be the breakout player or the sleeper player, and, you know, I chose Dylan. Uh, it didn't surprise us one bit. I know it surprised other people. Dylan is a, is, is a matchup nightmare. I mean, he is as good of a receiver as I've ever coached in, in his abilities, uh, and he can – you know, go down and go toe-to-toe with anybody in the trenches as well. Um, you know, I think Jordan Davis as well, even though people looked at him as the leader, I don't I don't think anybody saw that he was going to play that well. You know, I mean, <laughs> just what he did in the playoffs uh, and, and the way he – I don't want to say put the team on his back because a lot he had a great supporting cast, but, you know, you could definitely tell that, that he was playing at a different level. Um, you know – having uh, the fortune of, uh, you know, a guy coming to Milton uh, the first week of school and uh, Nasir Curry, and, and, and he 
matching alongside Joe Charleston probably gave us the best safety tandem in the state, you know. And mm-hmm. and again, those guys just played ball. I, I would I would almost you know down the stretch it was funny I was almost you know get emotional watching practice you know that last week. Because it's practice 74, it's practice 75, 76, 77, and these guys are running around having time of their life. <laughs> and it was just so rewarding and refreshing because they just had that gen- genuine love of playing with and for each other and just playing the game. And I think that really was something that that served us. It wasn't work. It wasn't a grind for them. Even though we, you know, quote, unquote, grinded, it wasn't a grind. If anything, I felt like the season got – less of a grind the deeper we went, you know. So uh, it, it was just a, a, a truly special group of guys. Um, I mean, back to your question, some guys, I mean, just our entire offensive line, you know, the way they gelled and played as a unit um, were, were guys that really stepped up. We had some some junior D linemen that, that just played played unbelievable ball all year long, even though we had a good idea that they would they would play pretty well. We, you know, the the level that they played at was 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 really really high. Looking back at this this season, kind of as a whole, I, I know what you just spoke on is kind of that that family atmosphere. Uh, it, it sounds like with the guys, they're happy to play for you. They want to play for each other. They, um, you know, could you really feel that throughout the this season? Yeah. Um, so, you know, coming into the season, there were two major keys. One one was the one that we discussed earlier of. Can we sustain success? Can we continue to go back to work even though we've had success or, or failure? You know, maybe, maybe we had a bad game. Can we can we just go back to work? You know, can we just have a standard of work that Monday, Tuesday, through Wednesday, Thursday, we're going to do no matter the opponent, no matter what happened before? And we, we checked that box. The other one was is we knew we had a lot of talented guys and we knew we had a lot of um, personality. I mean, just these guys are, they're a lot of fun, but, but with personality sometimes comes, comes some attitude. Um, when they were juniors, there was a lot of finger pointing and, and now they're the leaders of the team. Can we, can we get those, can we, can we break that mentality of let me figure out what's wrong and just figure out how we fix it? And I can't tell you one thing, all the, all the ups and downs of the playoffs. I mean, start with South Gwinnett, and we're down at halftime in a game that we're supposed to win handedly. We got it, Coach. Don't worry. We're, we're, we're fine. I didn't see offense turning on defense, defense turning on offense, players turning on it. Never saw that. So, you know, I just go back to the, the belief that they had in one another and the belief I believe they had in their coaches to coach is going to get it right. Um, you know, one story that one story that really sticks out is is Josh Edwards in the in the Hillgrove game. You know, Hillgrove is where he grew up. He he played, uh, you know, feeder ball with a lot of those guys, and that game mattered a lot to him. Well, just by nature of the game and just kind of how things were going, I mean, he was, you know, a couple carries, 10, 15 yards through three and a half quarters, and we're down, and it's just not looking good. He was the calmest, coolest, biggest cheerleader we had on the sideline saying, guys, it's going to work. We're going to get it. Just hang in there. You know, you expect a guy like that to be tossing his helmet around and mm-hmm. kicking dirt and, and, and wondering what's going on, you know, get it get it together. 
but he was just like, we've got this. And, and we just were a team that embodied that, that, that belief and trust in one another. Um, and it was just, it was very special, very special because that's, it's very, very abnormal, you know, and, and teenage guys, it's very abnormal in adults. And along those lines, you know, when we talk about kind of the state championships, uh, in high school sports, especially football, I think we sometimes forget that, you know, these are 16, 17, 18 year old kids. So was that made even more impressive that, you know, they were able to come together and, and, you know, stay calm, stay the course, uh, given the fact that they're in a highly emotional game and, you know, they're teens. Absolutely. I mean, it, again, <laughs> the most well-adjusted, uh, you know, perspective-oriented people lose it in high-stakes, high you know, emotional settings, especially when you are depending on other people. Um, and then to see and to know these guys, you know, I've seen them for a year and, and some change and out, you know, two years, and, and to know that that was kind of a tendency sometimes, you know. Highly successful and highly talented people don't handle um, adversity well sometimes, especially when they don't feel that it's their fault. Um, and it's that's that's a... That's the art of building a team, though, right? I, I can't tear you down just to make me feel better. That's all ego-driven. Um, and we put a lot of thought and we put a lot of talk and we put a lot of time into, into talking about those things and to see the leaders really embody it and, and run with it, you know? you know. Again, I go back to a Jordan Yates and a Jordan Davis and, and those guys. So anytime they saw something like that, they'd squash it or, or they would just lead by example. So um, I think without a doubt that that was – probably the biggest element to, to our success because that's that's what people to a T would say when they watched our team is man they just always seemed like it was going you know it was going to work out it's like they it's like they knew the end um and and I agree that they always stayed calm and, and just kept playing and kept playing and kept playing um no matter circumstance mm-hmm. with that you know coach obviously it's not it's a whole uh, community as we, we said earlier and I do kind of want to touch on on your coaching staff as a whole and and just uh if you could kind of you know highlight uh, uh them as well and and just how crucial they were to this season's success uh i mean i don't know that there's a a, a more crucial element than than the staff um you know there's a lot of one one a one b one c things you have to do when you get when you take over a program um you know from alignment with the administration to developing players to to building a community but i I firmly believe the absolute number one thing that I had to do or had to be afforded the ability to do in taking over a program was to build a great staff and surround those those um, players with great men. So, so in a way, it's like, well, the players are number one, right? Well, ultimately, yes, they are, but the number one thing I need to do is put great coaches around them because they're going to impact them and be with them more than I could ever be or anybody could ever be. Um, you know, it starts, it doesn't really start anywhere. It's just, they're all collected, but, you know, starting with you know, my assistant head coach, Steven Strami, um, he's, you know, I mean, it almost, almost seems like a slight calling my right hand man, but he is, I mean, he is, he and I are, we've been together for a long time. I mean, from building curriculum together in, in the history in the social studies world <laughs> with us history to coaching wrestling together. And I coached for his dad, uh, Dennis Strami, and he was the AD at West. And Steve and I've been together for a long time. Um, he's like a brother to me and, um, he really helps me out with so much of the behind the scenes stuff. 
um, that that is just crucial again as we all just kind of help each other so that we can better do our jobs um, he also does a heck of a job coaching uh, our outside linebackers um, <clears throat> last year he was our offensive line coach and, and really has been wanting to get over to the defensive side for a long time just shows you what kind of guy he is just wanting to keep keep learning uh, offensive coordinator Ben Reeves um, I think Ben is 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 sharp of of a young coach. I mean, he's he's young in age, but he's not young in, in experience. And Dad was a head coach, and and you can tell he's kind of been seasoned and groomed, and, and really understands the game, and really understands um, how to lead an offense and delegate to his staff. And my defensive coordinator uh, Ben Re, uh, excuse me, defensive coordinator Drew Connell. Um, I mean, I, Drew was with me at West Forsyth as well. Had a couple of years with him and. Again, I think one thing we all kind of share, very, very cerebral and reflective, uh, and, and and Drew is going to – he's really going to analyze and make sure he has a great reason why if he's ever going to do anything. Um, and, I, and I think that shows in, in our defense. He put a premium on, on communication. And, and if you see him a lot of times, it, it's not a whole lot of signaling coming from Drew. He just gives the check symbol a lot of times, meaning it's on you guys – to check into the type of defense that I told you I wanted to be in based on the personnel set and formation they come out in. It's so impressive. It's so impressive, and it, that that speaks to his and the other defensive coaches' teaching ability, and they are great. They're great teachers, um, and, um, and not you know, great teachers of scheme, great teachers of technique, and, and great teachers of character. I mean, it's, it's, it kind of permeates across the board. Yeah, I mean, I could go on and on, and, and you know, from, uh, you know, Coach Vice, uh, Carl Vice is our receivers coach and our academic uh, coordinator, and Finney Silvestri is, is our special teams coordinator. Uh, he and I do a lot together in tandem with the special teams, and he coaches our running backs. Coach Mike McGee is, is with the linebackers, and, you know, I don't know if anybody did a better job of, of, of elevating their group, not only the, the starters, but also uh, – uh, the guys that needed to fill in in a pinch. I uh, got two great uh, secondary coaches with with Lonnie Estes coaching the safeties. He's also a head track coach, and Ronaldo Smith is um, is our uh, corners coach, and, and he also does a lot of uh, of work with track. And then uh, a fantastic young O line coach, guy that I coached uh, at West Forsyth, and uh, Jace Ratliff, uh, and and he's he is so so proud to see him step up for the first time ever leading a varsity unit on his own and it had to be that unit that everybody doubted coming into the season and he had play probably um if you said one group on the field exceeded expectations it was probably that o-line group uh and then another good young coach who assisted him is uh, uh drew dixon so and drew does serves a great role as he's you know he's the youngest coach on staff and he's just coming in but you give him anything to do, and he does it to the best of his ability, as, as hard as he can do it. And, again, it's just really cool seeing how all these guys serve different roles and they, they own it and, and they just they just crush it. You know? So it's, 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 a, you know, it's the best coaching staff in, in, in the state, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You, know, you mentioned a, a lot of your coaching staff um, was with you at West or has come from West uh, along with Gary Silvestri, uh, Alicia Silvestri, uh, which is – What's her title? It's f- so uh, yeah. So so now they were we were together at West, um, you know, for about three years, four years. Gary was there, uh, and then came to Milton, and uh, 
Alicia is the director of football operations, um, and really, really uh, crucial in in our recruiting department. Mm-hmm. You know, she's we got contact period opening up now, and she'll she'll be uh, in the office. She's kind of in the office during contact periods and, and on Fridays during the season. And uh, she has built tremendous relationships with with college coaches, uh, you know, across the country. Um, and it just again, just another way that that we're trying to serve the student athlete at Milton, you know, from the classroom to the field, to you know, character development, to trying to get them the best opportunity we can, um, you know, at the next level if that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, given your your longstanding relationship with a lot of these coaches and, and the Sylvester's, what did that make this state championship even even more special? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, it's just, it's not a, a slight to anything. You know, being at West Forsyth, I, I helped. I had a very, very um, great sense of pride in being there from the beginning and, um, you know, helping Frank, um, you know, build that program and, uh, and being able to take over and, 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 you know, kind of follow in his footsteps, if you will. But um, I really felt like when some of the guys that came over, with me and then we merged with the guys who who are currently here uh and then we brought in some guys from that it was truly a new start now and i don't want to say that in a way that slights what milton had done previously I, i've gone on record and i've reiterated again this was not a burning house this was not a broken building it, this the foundation there was, there was a lot of good things that that were at milton uh and and that the, the previous staff had done you know um but I really felt like, you know, it was a culture flip. Not better or worse, just different. And, you know, there, there's a sense of, okay, this is our chance to really kind of put our stamp on something and and, and, and kind of do it our way and, and see, you know, just, just how good is our way. Um, so, obviously, there, there's, a, there's a lot of pride there um, as a group of guys come together and um, share a vision and, and, and work hard to execute it and, and, and carry it through. Mm-hmm. Coach, I- you know, again, when we spoke last, it was just after you had lifted that uh, that state championship trophy, and a lot of emotions going through. You know, when you look back at that game against Colquitt County, you know what has kind of stood out for you now that you've been able to to sit back and and review it uh, essentially for a, a month now. Um, you know, again, I I think it's it's just really cool to see a plan come out. Uh, you know. Unfold, if you will. Um, I think something that we we've really pride ourselves on the last two years, and and we're developing and continue to develop is is trying to build what we call a holistic game plan. You know, um, maybe I should have always been doing that, but, or maybe everybody else does. But we really put some thought now into okay, we're going to have this offensive game plan, or we're going to have to have this defensive game plan. How does the other one have to then? pair to it to, to make it all fit along with the special teams. And we had a very, very, very specific plan to attack Colquitt. And it had a lot to do with, um, you know, being smart and being patient on offense and going forward and making sure we don't take the negative play and, um, you know, taking our shots very calculated. You know, a lot of games will come in and it's like, hey, man, we're, we're going for the downs. We're, mm-hmm. we're going to play fast. We're, you know – this was not that game. We didn't want to get behind the chains. Uh, 
we wanted to use uh, multiple sets and and give them some things that maybe they hadn't been been uh, preparing for. And then on defense, we we just we wanted to to be again almost calculated in, in, in our aggressiveness there, but but also just to make sure we eliminated the big play, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 we said which in a lot of our games, I'll go in and I look at the team and say field position isn't a big deal this week. However, this week it was a huge deal when you got a kicker that can make it from 57 yards out. It's a big yeah. deal, um, you know, and, and we knew we were going to have to at least match them on special teams. But, you know, the, 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 parting, the parting shot uh, or the parting words kind of of the game plan for the team was nobody has attacked this team for 48 minutes. Nobody has stood toe-to-toe with them, has, has taken their shot and then, and then looked right back at them and said, well, you know, we're not going to be scared off of, you know, what we plan to do just because of what's the what's on the front of your jersey. And and I think our kids really embodied that. And um, you know, we never talked to them as if they were David and the other team was Goliath because that our team believed. Uh, and it was really cool. You know, as you go back and you watch that game, it just it just jumps off the page at you. They never backed down. They never looked like they didn't belong because they did. So. That was certainly palpable from my perspective uh, uh, on the sidelines as well. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach, um, I know you talked about uh, you're already getting kind of into that that uh, those initial stages for for 2019. You know, obviously you can't. You have an amazing uh, season to build off of. You know, what's kind of uh, the uh, the future for the Eagles this this year now? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, like I say it, it's in the it's in the baby stages right now. But um, you know, we're going back through and you feel like you're behind because there's there's a lot of things I like to do to wrap a season up but you're not really behind you just you're just you know it's after Christmas instead of before Christmas but going back and sitting down with every coach we, we do a, a kind of a reflective piece where you know we look at what went right you know what could we improve on and and what's important going forward and you know it's a pretty pretty general consensus is first thing we we the number one thing we can't do is sit here and try to compare 19 to 18. You know, just like you shouldn't compare eighteen to seventeen. This is a this is a new team. Every even though there may be some some similar kids and and some some carryover kids, those kids are now seniors. They're not juniors, or they're juniors and not sophomores. Uh, the seniors are going to be gone, and and we're going to miss them. But there were some great seniors that were gone the year before. So we number one thing we can't do is 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 you know romanticize and compare the past and think that everything was perfect. There's going to be bumps along the way, and and you know there'll be a, the process that that we'll lay out to to start building our team and figuring out what we have you know you don't you, you don't want to make any any uh, you know definitive statements about who they are right now because I don't know you know mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll have a better idea as spring rolls around and um, you know we'll put a put a plan together for spring and we'll evaluate that and then we'll massage it in in the summer and we'll adjust it in July and then we'll adjusted again in, in August and, and so on and so forth. So I know um, back to, you know, I know we're losing some great seniors, like I said, just like we did the year before, but we also got some great guys coming back. It's real exciting to, to know that you, you're going to be building around some experience on both lines, offense and defense. So um, you, you start there, and that's where, that's where the game starts. So, you know, 2019 is not going to be a, a – a game where we say it's only successful if 
you know, and we're going to just try to do what we always do, and that's work to the standard that we've created, maximize the talent we got, play as hard as we can, um, you know, and, and, and live with the results that, that happen if, if we do those things right. Well, we're certainly uh, looking forward to seeing the Eagles in 2019. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Overtime with Joe Parker. Coach Clack, thank you so much uh, uh, for joining us. Uh, you are a first repeat guest. So. Oh, I'm honored, honored, honored. <laughs> I, I appreciate you having me, and always you do great work. Um, you guys need to check out the, the pullout and the, the Milton Herald today. It was fantastic. Uh, very honored to, to have that. And, um, you know, just to recap of the season, it was it was. It was a great read today. Glad to put it out. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And as always, you can follow me at Joe Parker GA on Twitter. And be sure to follow the show at OT with Joe Parker. Thank you for listening to Overtime with Joe Parker. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. And follow all of Appen Media sports coverage at NorthFulton.com.